Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 322. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our sports podcast right after this. Got a lot of good stuff to get to today. Um, I believe last week we mentioned Jamie Foxx was... uh, in the hospital, not really much else was known. He had to leave a movie that he was filming. Well, uh, rumor has broke that he had a stroke on set and had to be revived. Uh, so, pretty serious. Uh, I haven't heard much about it. I don't know when I wrote this down, but um, I imagine he's on the mend, but I don't know, but pretty bizarre. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. That's like and he seems healthy, you know? He's in shape. Exactly. So, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's well. How old do you guys think he is? I just looked it up. 51. Sean, what's your guess? Uh, 48. Uh, he's 55. Okay. Oh, pretty good. So, uh, not bad. He'll be uh, 56 in December. But yeah. I agree. He looks... I would have believed, like, 45. But I know he was doing stand-up comedy around the time of Steve Harvey and stuff too, because I know yeah, that's he's when been they, around a while. So he was, you know, because I've heard Steve Harvey's story about when he first uh, started out in New York, and he talks about how Jamie Foxx was one of the acts before him and stuff. It's before so, yeah. he got the inflatable teeth, I bet. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably just a high top. He probably looked like a uh, in hot tub time machine when Craig Robinson sees himself as a uh, yeah, yeah, like eighteen-year-old. <laughs> Pretty good. But yeah, I hope he's uh, doing better, and uh, I'm assuming we'll learn more soon. Uh, next, we have Bob Odenkirk is joining season two cast of The Bear, Andy. So you you've got to be pretty uh pretty psyched on that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, he's a he's a Chicago guy, so it makes sense for him to be in the Chicago show. There, that's good casting. Yeah, pretty pretty fun. All right, uh, Jerry Springer passed away, age of 79, due to cancer. Pretty, uh... Oh, it was cancer? I didn't realize how he died. Yeah, I think... What kind was... of cancer was it? Was it prostate or colon? Pancreatic? I think it was that. I thought you were doing a bit or something. <laughs> no, I was asking a legitimate question. <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell, because it's Jerry Springer, and it's like, is this a, is a bit? Oh, just that he... I didn't realize he had cancer. Although I don't even know the last time. I mean, how long has this show been off the air? So for? I looked up the show aired all the way to 2018. I was going to say, I felt like it wasn't really? too, too long ago. Yeah, but it was way past its prime See, of popularity. Let me say something here really quick. Jerry Springer hits home for guys, I think, our age between like 35 and like 28, maybe, or like 30 and 40. I don't know. I would say that his show, it says the peak of his of the show's popularity was late 90s. So, and so if, if I would say in the early 2000s. If you're in your 20s, you weren't watching it. No, so like early 30s to like late 30s, we'll say because, and it was, I see it all the time. It's like, it was for us when we were homesick. It's like for whatever reason. I don't, I don't think I was allowed to watch that show. Well, no, what I was, when I was homesick, I remember being like, no, actually I was hardly ever homesick. But when I was, for me, it would be more like middle school summer. Uh, when my mom worked, my dad worked, and when so I would be home no alone. There's no options of anything to watch because we didn't but, have but internet. No, it, was, and... it, it was just a, a known thing, is that it was like, you see it all the time, is that people said, like, Jerry Springer, it was like, 
The Price is Right, Jerry Springer, Maury. It was like those were the shows that for whatever reason we watched when we were, and I was one of the ones that did it. My friends, the same thing that we watched when we were, whether it was homesick or it was 9 a.m., 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning in summer of 2003, 2002. I mean, it's like, it's just how it was. The diary. Yeah, that's really how it was for me. Yeah, I, I don't think I was allowed to watch that show just because it was always like, this boy had sex with his mom and oh yeah, paternity test is going to prove that his it, brother is more than It that. was like, funny was stuff. You can learn a lot about a lot of things watching that show. Because there was, you'd go on stage and you'd be like, you know, like, Tammy, I have a secret. I've uh, been cheating on you with your sister. And then she would be like, oh, my God. And they'd be like, well, I got a secret. I've been a man the whole time. And yeah. you're just like, oh, my God. And then they fight. And then Dr. Evil's like, no, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm calm. Ah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that was a good bit where they put him in Austin Powers. Yeah, I think that's probably his his peak. That's what he's going to be best known for. Is he's also a mayor great, of great uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Um. You know, he was a politician before all this. Uh, I think his parents or his grandparents were in a concentration camp. It's a gnarly life story. Yeah. I didn't realize all that. Yeah. Well, he'll be, he's an icon mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our, more so our generation, our yeah. decade of youth. Certainly an interesting guy. He'll be remembered. That's for sure. All right. Um, there's no more late night. Uh, TV shows because there's a writer strike. Yeah, we got another writer strike. So we had one in 2007, um, but as of yesterday or midnight yesterday, uh, we got another writer strike. So the the Writers Guild of America has uh, decided to strike, which means they anyone that's part of that union um, will not be working on anything. They're not even allowed to be writing things on the side for the future. They're not supposed to be, um, but this affects. TV shows that are in like constant production more than anything. Like, um, for example, you just brought up the bear. The creator of the bear is like, well, season two is written. We're not even finished making it, but it's written. So it's still going to be made. So it might affect season three um, if they were going to start writing that. Um, but for a lot of like the streaming shows and everything, that stuff is written so far in advance that it's probably not going to delay um, production on anything, uh, but the big area where it does affect things is like late night shows. So you're like um, Stephen Colbert, um, Jimmy Fallon stuff. Um, also SNL. So SNL's already I think canceled their their episode this week. Pete Davidson was returning back to SNL is going to be a big deal. Um, but they write those sketches that week, and they they have to just shut down production. So. Um, I don't know if you remember during the last writer strike, but a couple of the late night shows actually stayed on just without writers. So they had to do like more interviews and they had to just make shit up. Like Leno on there make it up. with that. I can't remember. I feel like he was. That sounds familiar. I feel like yeah, Leno did I, do I, his I own jokes. So. Or I would think so. Um, because if Conan was doing it, I think it's probably NBC is like, no, you guys are still, you guys got to do something. We'll just make half or more than half the show. Yeah, the interviews that or you're then, coming in and you're, you're mopping. Yeah. You're cleaning that studio. But I know with um, this one, they said both Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert are part of the Writers Guild because uh, for most of their career, they were comedy writers, not performers. Do How um, many views do those shows get on uh, like a night? I don't know. I don't even know if any of it 
like a thousand anymore. does I, like i don't know of a single person who watches any of that some people watch snl still i haven't like liked i watched it since like uh, jason sudeikis andy sandberg days honestly i watch that stuff on on youtube which is like for them that's that's fine because there's at least some engagement and i mean it's there because i think the reason late night exists is like what if you're on a business trip and like you don't have netflix at the hotel you just you put on that because it's you know what it is at least it's something and you're like oh okay jason momoa's on the tonight show okay cool i know who he is i'm on a business trip i'm going to bed i'm not watching dumbass (laughs) jason momoa i saw an interview he is something about being a nudist at his house or some bullshit like ugh. hey i would be a nudist too if i was him whoa (laughs) tell us something andy i don't know what there is to tell interesting um yeah, I, I guess this is a... F- uh, they want more stuff. I was listening to a thing. There's A rates and different pay, uh, you know, for short hours and whatnot, and they want to be more of a job. I was actually a nudist for a moment uh, last weekend or two weekends ago. My uh, roommate was in Havasu, and my other roommate was away in the desert. And then the third roommate, I've seen him... I haven't seen him in two months, so... I was confident he wasn't going to Yeah, I was confident he was going to wasn't going to come home at that time. And there was something upstairs I needed and I was in my room about to take a shower and I was fully naked. I'm like, I'm just going to go upstairs and get it because I know nobody's coming home. But it was just kind of funny because I've never been one to just even if I knew I was going to be nobody was going to be home or anything like that and I've never been one to just walk around the house completely naked. I mean, in my underwear, sure, who cares, but it's kind of funny. It's a it's an interesting feeling. It's a like, I mean, Andy here could for sure do it any moment. Like, there's I'm definitely sure he does. That's why he never here. has the blinds open. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely do. I mean, I have oh, this walk from the bedroom to the bathroom is, is, is nothing. So I don't spend time out in like the other room. Andy goes to get his oh. mail. So he's so okay. like, I'm not watching TV out there. <laughs> walks, walks to the local Target. <laughs> I'm glad to know you don't sit on this couch naked, yeah. Andy, that I'm sitting on right now. So that's nice. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep you, you know, assured there. That's not happening. But how um, long do you think this strike goes on for? How do you, how long do you think people won't be able to watch Jimmy Fallon? I, I don't know because it, they. It seems like there's going to be a little less leverage in that they're they're not going to be delaying production, but they do want to get things out eventually. They can't go too long. Um, so if I remember correctly. When they're on strike like this, so there's no new episodes, they just play reruns, right, at those times? For the, for the late night shows, they're going to do that. So one of the reasons in 2007 it was a bigger deal was people watched sitcoms back then. And yeah. sitcoms, sitcom. are like, sitcoms have like a six-week lead time. So they had sitcoms to air, but then they ran out of them. Yeah. And they were just like, well, I guess The Office is only 14 episodes this year, and that's that's it. Um, the The other thing that's interesting about uh the last one and kind of the future implications i just read this today but um so after nbc ran out of all their sitcoms they had to put something on and uh the year before they had canceled a reality show uh it was called the apprentice it started this like new york businessman and he like tried people out for it to be like do business stuff for him um but it was just like random people that they found random business people um, but NBC had the idea, what, what if we bring that show back, but we add celebrities to it? Because you don't have to write for that. Um, so that's what they did. They brought back The Apprentice, but made it The Celebrity Apprentice. And 
Um, I don't remember what happened to that guy that was on the show. Oh, the host of it. I don't. I don't. Remember. I never watched any of that no, show. I've never seen no. an ounce of it. I don't think. I, I mean, know it is funny that like, you're fired, right? That was the line. Yeah, it is funny. In the beginning of it, the whole thing was like he was hiring. It was like real MBAs and stuff. Being like, who's gonna help me run the business? And then it just evolved into Dennis Rodman and Meatloaf trying to <laughs> well, run an ad campaign. <laughs> what would have been fun is if Macaulay Culkin was ever in it. It's like yeah. they've worked together before. I think Macaulay Culkin's on a lot of drugs during the entire time that <laughs> show. We probably would have made some fun <laughs> business decisions. Yeah, actually, probably so was Dennis Rodman. So. Yeah, come on. Um, but yeah, the other thing was just just that there was more of a push for reality TV because of that, and now we found ourselves in this, you know, hell. Um, so yeah, the writer strike did have long-lasting implications. Um, also, the James Bond movie sucked because they didn't finish writing it, but they were like, well, you got to make it. And they like Daniel Craig had to like make it up on on his own. Which one was that? Um, Quantum of Solace. Who the is one where, like, the, they, who is the bad guy? They're stealing the water. The, the bad oh, guy was no that, one you'd known. He was that weird guy from it's Munich. Like South America. Yeah. And it was like they're stealing all the water. It or also has the general the, who is in um, yeah. Eastbound and Down, okay. I think. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. It was opposite the Oompa um, Loompa. And then I believe Transformers 2, Michael Bay had to like write it on his own too, which is like, that's not a great idea. you know. So what if we have this Porsche that's just brightly colored explode? Yeah. We're at a restaurant, like, this is the start of the movie. Yeah, it'll explode. I'm gonna I, do think, it anyway. I think the big idea was like, what if Shia LaBeouf gets hit on by a hot girl at college but then it turns out the girl's a robot. I'm like, what? We've... Transformers are cars that turn into robots. How does a human female then she turn into She was a fembot, like, Andy. Don't worry about it. Brass in universe with Austin Powers. That's what I remember from that, that Transformers movie. Um, yeah. Well, that's the writer's strike. Um, speaking of shows on strike, uh, Jason Reitman uh, SNL movie? So uh, Jason Reitman is going to make a movie about the founding of SNL and the production of the first episode and all that stuff. So okay, um, that's better than what I envisioned. I envisioned like oh, a digital short or some he's bullshit. He's making it oh, yeah. too or something. Yeah, I, I, I was envisioning the same thing, Sean, where it's kind of like how uh, what's his face? Who was the singing guy? Andy Samberg. Uh, yeah, Andy Samberg, when they did like the movie or like anything Those like are good movies. They're not bad, but I mean, I actually think it's kind of cool that they're actually going to go with the history. Yeah, because it's not just it didn't just start with Adam and Eve as SNL, or did it? It started with National Lampoon, and uh, there's a, there was already a movie who, about who the was like the first cast, cast. Like, wasn't like Chevy Chase? Was he part Chevy of the Chase original? Was the big star, and he left after like twelve episodes or something. Um, but yeah, he was the big big star of the beginning. But they had you know Belushi and uh, Dan Aykroyd. So I mean, Jason Reitman, his his dad was involved with all this. He didn't work on SNL, but he worked with like all those people. Um, doing the Canadian versions of stuff. Um, so he already knows. He's, I mean, he's already he's worked with Ackroyd on Ghostbusters. So um, seems like the right guy to to be doing a movie like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's already a movie about National Lampoon, uh, starring Will Forte. That's on Netflix. That I thought was pretty decent, and it had a, a, a section of like, um, oh, here's these people are moving on to SNL. That's the new thing that um, that guy was not involved with the National Lampoon guy, but of course then Animal House happened and just took one of the big stars from SNL and made that movie. But... <clears throat> Alright, pretty fun. Uh, Pedro Pascal is uh, 
cast for uh, Gladiator 2. I almost said Iron Man 2. Gladiator 2 is going to have a pretty stocked uh, set of people. I can't yeah, remember. I did see. Um, I, I saw that uh, Jamon Hunch Hunchu is actually coming back as well. So that's a uh, and um, Connie Nielsen. So a couple original Gladiator cast members are back. Uh, that's cool. Um, along with you know our already announced um, Denzel Washington. So uh, it's going to be exceptional. It'll be the movie of the yeah. decade right there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, Andy. Of this decade, from 2021 to 2030? Yes. Or, okay. Because there'll be other contenders. Oppenheimer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's uh, pro- Fast X, yeah. Fast 11. Yeah. Probably won't be Dodgeball 2. Yeah, we'll see if Dodgeball 2 even ever really happens, but there is a plan, and Vince Vaughn is the man behind that plan. So is Ben Stiller uh, fat again? So right now, there is no information on anyone else being involved in this movie other than Vince Vaughn. This is his idea. It's his story. He hired the screenwriter. I have no idea. Um, Ben Stiller has not been involved. Nothing. No report about that. He could be busy filming Um, heavyweights, too. Well, no, he's actually busy filming that Apple show, Severance. So I did see something about that. Uh, so he's he's kind of moved on. He hasn't really been in front of the camera a lot. So he's been that Severance show. He's just the director of. He's not even uh, in that show. Also but. renewed uh, the morning show for season four before season three even airs. Yeah, just paying everyone in iPhones. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. But yeah, I don't know what Dodgeball Two is. If it's if it's all Didn't Vince Vaughn, we already make a storyline for this a while ago on the on the show. I think maybe we did. How there did was some rumors of this. There was some rumors of this already, but this is now more official. Um, but they're probably but listening yeah, I think, to the yeah, show. I think we did. We did talk about how, like, yeah, obviously Ben Stiller will now be part of the team, um, which is something that always happens. It would, similar it would to have a new villain. Um, yeah, so like John like Cena was the villain in Fast Nine, and now he's just part of the crew in Fast. Kind of similar in Mighty Ducks. Also, wasn't that kid that, that they happen? got at the end because he wasn't in the right region? He was like the other team's best player, but pretty didn't much. But in the movie? Yeah. But yeah, it's still the same concept. concept. This is, he was the villain. Well, I get what you're yeah. saying, but it's like, it's still yeah. a similar concept. I mean, if that movie was 30 minutes shorter, then it would have been the second movie. This is, this is more like Marvel does this all the time, where it's like, yeah. oh, Loki's the big bad guy. You can't beat Loki's, him, join him. teaming up with the crew at the end. Yeah, no, I feel like yeah, that happens all the time in movies. Globo Jim would be uh, trying to battle... You see that in the NBA also, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, Global Gym's out of business. Well, they're gone. Vince Vaughn won them in the do- dodgeball tournament. So, so they're, I mean, average Joes is what they're called now, right? Yeah. The one thing that I asked for in Dodgeball 2 is to bring back Gary Cole and Jason Bateman um, as the, well, yeah, uh, I don't think the announcers. Like you have a choice with that. I mean, they stole the show. Yeah. Gary Cole is a treasure. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a voice right there. Perfect. Why didn't he actually just go into sports broadcasting after that? He's a big deal, Andy. Come on. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and uh come in on Saturday. Okay. Yep. Office space. All right, well, I'm sure we'll hear more about that uh as time goes on. Uh Air movie about Nike, Jordan, all that fun stuff. You're going to be able to stream that at home 
on Prime on May 12th. Ooh, that's coming up. Yeah. So pretty exciting. Prime. Wait, 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 is that gonna be for like twenty bucks though on Prime? No, it's no. it's a, it's a part of Prime, so it should be free. Oh wow! It was originally going to be straight to Prime, and then Ben Affleck's like, "Wait, wait, wait! This movie's good." And he was right. You already saw it, right? You talked about it last week. Yeah, I had well, some not last week, but like a month ago. Oh, he went to an advanced <laughs> screening. <laughs> yeah, sat next it, to Matt Damon. Out, it came out like a month ago already. So oh, did it though. Time moves. That's how it works. In either direction, depending on what you believe in. Mm. All right, well, we've got a lot of trailers to get to. Uh, Dune 2, for the people that could have handled Dune 1. So, uh, Dune 2 released a trailer for the trailer. So, if you want to check that out, That's how long the, the trailer, real trailer is. is probably out. The trailer was just Chalamet in the sand, and then it showed some people, and then it was like, real trailer tomorrow. And it's like, where... What are we doing? What what is going on? Why does this happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will end up watching this trailer, and um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go into the future now and say, "Oh, the trailer looks pretty good. I'm, I'm excited about this movie." So you got that. I do want to see Walken. That's a big deal. Christopher Walken's in this one. I do need to see that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they will hold that from us in the trailer because that's what we're all looking for. I think he's like, gonna have Austin a pocket Butler, watch cares? to give to anyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, do they even have that technology? I hope he rides a worm in some one of those big worms. I don't think so, but... That's too weird. I don't know. It's like, their Star Wars already exists. Why do I need another world just like it that's... There's more than one story that exists in the world. I know, but I don't need to watch eight things that are all somewhat similar. Unless it's just like Denzel Washington or... John Wick whooping ass. Those I could do, but like, I don't know. There's already Star Wars. I don't need to watch that one. But it's different. Not enough for me. Just looks like Mad Max meets Star Wars. I don't like Mad Max. I don't know. Like a sinus infection just watching it. Gran Turismo. Not to be confused with Gran Torino. Definitely not. Different things. Uh, I'd mentioned this last week uh, that they showed a bit of it at the the CinemaCon thing, but now they actually gave us the trailer to us regular folk. Um, And yeah, it is a movie about a guy who's very good at the video game who they say, why don't you try racing a car for real? So um, apparently based on a true story, that's weird. I think that's a... I don't believe it. Yeah, anything is based on how, a true story. Yeah, it's like, hey, this guy really played the game, and he was a race car driver, and it's like, yeah, they're not really... Dale Earnhardt Jr. has a PlayStation and has played that before. Yeah. There's the movie. It'd be like, Devin Booker learned how to play NBA by playing NBA 2K. Yeah. Like, really? Well, no, but he does play NBA 2K in his off time, and he's also a good basketball player. I'm like, okay, yeah, I buy that. Um. But if you're any of you big David Harbour fans, uh, it'll be a must watch because he's in it. And uh, so there you go. All right. Uh, what is Twisted Metal? So from one Sony PlayStation video game that you drive a car in to another Twisted Metal. Uh, Twisted Metal 2, I believe, is the first video game I ever bought with my own money. Wow. Uh, way back when in 1996 or 1997. How did you uh, earn that money? In 1997. Like gifts and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Okay. You save, you save it up. I knew I wanted a PlayStation. So my the reason why it was hard for me to save money in the '90s was so like just really quick gambling. I'm I'm yeah. No, I, I'm yeah. I had the Lakers minus six when I was fucking five. Stockton fucking screwed me. I had him beaten. But the no, the, the funny truth about this is, is that so I'm a Greek, obviously, and uh, obviously for you guys, the people listening probably don't know that some. But so you go over to my when I go over to my grandparents' house, and especially when like my his brother, my great uncle would come over, they would just hand you a fifty dollar bill. Like at the minimum, at least a twenty dollar bill was handed to you. But and I'm talking about when I was like six, seven it's like years the old, fee. like. Yeah, like $50 bill would be handed to me all the time, $20. And I'll never forget, dude, I'd be like, you know, again, I'm six, seven years old. My dad would always be like, let me hold on to that for you. Nice. So I'm going to put that away for you. So it was always like a running joke in my like first like 10 years of existence that whenever I would be handed money, they'd always be like, where is it? And it'd always be like, no, my dad took it. And it's like kind of funny because I'm thinking now if I had like a six-year-old son right now, how would you go? Although nowadays kids are Ubering all over the place at any yeah, age. Yeah, DoorDash and shit. But yes, the parents were always the bank. Um, my parents like held money in envelopes for us to like, hey, here's all your money. It's an envelope. We're locking it away because um, you, you can't hold cash. Like you're a child. Like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go to the grocery store and like give a hundred dollar bill for something for chocolate milk or something. That's a power so. move. <laughs> but anyways, twisted metal. Uh, it is a, a video game series um, about car combat. Um, it's a tournament where people make their cars into weapons and shoot missiles out of them. And, you know, it's like a, a battle royale thing. Last person standing wins and they get a they get a wish from some sort of like demon genie, I guess. Um, it's a crazy premise, but uh, really cool when you're nine years old. Jason and Statham it's in It's still this? cool. He isn't, but he probably should yeah. be. Um, but really, really cool um, premise back then. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I do want to show Tony some of these uh, videos from Twisted Metal Black. I think he'd, he'd enjoy some of them because it is it's all creepy, twisted Twilight Zone type shit. Um, but yeah, this I is a, like a series coming to Peacock uh, July 27th, and they showed the first trailer. Not much happens in this. Uh, Anthony Mackie of the of, uh, the Falcon from uh, Marvel movies. Uh, you know. mean the guy that lost the rap battle at the end to Eminem in Eight Mile? Sure, that guy. Yes, um, he seems to be the main character here, and uh, the trailer is him in his car, um, singing along and dancing to uh, Lens "Steal My Sunshine." Uh, wasn't he in an episode of Black Mirror? Probably. I, I think he was. I think he was in like the gay one or something. The, the video game one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, where they have a gay relationship yeah. by playing Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weird shit, but um, but I think Twisted Metal, you would know the character of Sweet Tooth. He's pretty iconic. He's an ice cream man who's a clown with his head on fire, and he's a serial killer. Uh, so you get a nice little shot of him at there at the end. But um, I have no idea if this will be good, but because I have history with this uh, franchise, I will end up checking this out. Um, but you could see the, the short little 45-second teaser they released. Okay. Calm down. Um would like show it to me afterwards. I'm going to show you one of these Twisted Metal Black videos because it is something you'll enjoy. All right, next I'm going to guess is a Hunger Games movie, a Ballad of Songbird and Snake. Yeah, so the, we got our first trailer for that, November 17th. Uh, Peter Dinklage is in it, which I think is like wrong because I'm like, oh, Tyrion Lannister's in this, and it's because he's just talking all high and fancy to the big people. And it's just like, yeah, this looks like Game of Thrones. But he has to pay for that that. 60 inch he has in Vale and uh, 
Eris? Yeah. From the movie I just Elf? Think it's, uh, yeah. It's too seems too similar of a role, and I think it's a mistake, but um, I don't really care about this anyway, so I am, I am interested to see how this movie does. Do people have any care at all for this? It's a prequel, right? Um, yeah, so it's like uh, was Donald Sutherland was like the bad guy in that, that series. He's like the old president or something. This is like him as a young adult. But I don't know. There's still, I guess, people killing each other. Similar to Twisted Metal. Yeah, so I'm going to watch. What about oh. Next Goal Wins? So the same day, November 17th, this is a Taika Waititi's movie. He, uh, he actually filmed before the last Thor movie, uh, but Army Hammer was co-starring in it, so they oh had boy. to refilm a bunch of the movie and take him out, which uh, I don't know if you had to do that, but they decided to do that. Uh, so this is uh, Michael Fassbender as a, uh, a football coach, um, soccer, if you will, um, who ends up taking over as the head coach for the American Samoan national team, which uh, was best known for losing a game 31 to nothing. Uh, they lost an international <laughs> Olympic qualifying game 31 to Japan. nothing. So, so he's taking over the worst program in the world. What, what was the, the, the country name again? American Samoa. So Samoa. Okay, so there was a game I actually remember betting on like 13 years ago because I remember being at my buddy's house. So it was like 2010 or 11 or something like that. And Spain was playing, God, it was like Faroe Island, not Faroe Islands. It was another with Gibraltar. It was like some random, one of those teams that there's, there's a couple teams that are really bad. San Marino, I think, is the one team that plays in like all these European competitions that's like known as the worst. Like I don't think they've won a game in like eight years. And I think it was San Marino they were playing or something like that. And the spread for the soccer game was like 11 and a half. And the over under, I remember, was like 12 or something. And I remember I took it because I'm like, I'm going to take the over. And I remember my buddy being like, what's the over in this game? And I was like 12 goals or something. He's like, wait, what? And sure enough, Spain did it. They beat them like 13 or 14 nothing. But yeah, it's crazy. Good. So I'd say uh, a movie about a sport where um a nation that you wouldn't think is good at the sport um hires a new coach and they're an underdog story i think that works we've seen it before 30 years ago of course with uh john candy and cool runnings uh, a movie that um, probably isn't that great but i think we all we all love it's a, a movie of our childhood um so it's just a good a good premise and this is the type of movie i think taika watiti should be making uh, a nice story with some laughs and some heart. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one. And I think uh, if they're releasing it in the fall, they're probably hoping that it, it, it's pretty good. You know, maybe maybe gets a, a best screenplay nomination or something. Because um, that wasn't the beginning of the trailer. It was like Oscar loser Taika Waititi uh, has a new movie. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. He did. Well, I think he did. He actually win. His movie didn't win, but he actually might have won. For, uh, was the Jojo Rabbit? Maybe. But yeah, it's nice to see him do a non-Marvel thing. Uh, yeah. Or non-Star Wars thing or whatever else he's doing. So. All right, well, last one. Uh, a Haunting in Venice. So this is the third in the uh, Kenneth Branagh detective series. Uh, there was the uh, the train one, and then there was the Nile one was Death on the Nile. Um, so he's already got a third one coming out. Pretty quick turnaround. 
September 15th. Uh, this one uh, is in the title. It takes place in Venice. Um, we love Venice as a location in movies. It's a great little place to be. Um, but this, from the trailer, it's got a little bit of horror theme that there's maybe some ghosts out there that are killing people. Probably not real ghosts, but you, you know, you're led to believe it's ghosts. So uh, that could be that could be interesting. Yeah, Scooby Doo stuff. Yeah. Yeah, these are entertaining enough to watch on like FX or something. It'll be on Hulu, and it's coming out September fifteenth. It'll be on Hulu. I'll say January fifteenth. There you go. Mark your calendars. You heard it here yeah. first. That is my prediction. All right. Well, we're going to get into what we've been watching. But before we do, that portion of the pot is <clears throat> brought to you by our good friends at thecliplessleash.com. Head over to thecliplessleash.com and pick up the dog leash you didn't know you needed. This leash works through the dog's current collar or harness. You plug in promo code. That Tony. is. T-O-N-Y. You 65% off at checkout because they're friends of the pod. So head over to thecliplessleash.com and plug in promo code Tony for 65% off at checkout. It is the dog leash you've been waiting for. All right. Uh, I have one. I haven't had one in a while. I have one. Tony, how many do you have? Uh, just one as well. And it was a part of a docuseries, so it's really just like an episode of something. Actually, like two episodes, but it's one. We'll count Off-road, it as one. 41? Well, I was uh, house-sitting this, this oh, weekend, boy. so I didn't actually watch oh. as much. And, you know, there's sports and stuff, so I got three on here to talk about. All right. Uh, who wants to go first? So we let Andy knock out a couple. Okay, I'll go with uh, the first one here is... Uh, I finished Poker Face finally, so I've talked about this like a couple times. Watch this very slowly, you but won't shut up about uh, this. This is, a, <laughs> this is a great show, and I think everyone would enjoy this. I don't think there's a demographic out there. Maybe babies. I don't know if babies will like it, but like everyone would enjoy this. It, it's just it's fun, it's interesting, clever, um, and every episode is basically a new story. You could watch them out of order. Um, You'd probably want to watch the first one first and the last one last, but other than that, all the ones in the middle, you can kind of watch out of order and you can skip them if you're not interested. Um, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of great guest stars, new locations. Uh, very happy that the show exists, and um, I'm happy there'll be a season two. Probably won't come out for a while, but uh, very happy with the show. It's, it's on Peacock. There's no reason not to watch it if you've got Peacock. All right, maybe I'll get around to it one day. You like Adrian Brody? He's in the first one. He's fine. Do you like Joseph Gordon-Levitt? He's fine as well. Do you like Tim Meadows? He's fine. Because he was in one. I'm like, hey, that's Tim Meadows. Cool. Not the biggest star that's in it, but, you know, he is in it. Nick Nolte, he was good. I really liked him Do in it. Do you own some of this movie or something? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I should. But. All right, uh, Tony, you want to do yours? Uh, <clears throat> Yeah. Um, so I, uh, been watching a show on, uh, Netflix or a little documentary, eh, docu- I don't know what it's called. It's, uh, just a show on Netflix called Haunted. So it's got, basically what it is, is there's three seasons of it and they're like six episodes each or something like that. And it's people that are sitting around in a group with their, uh, some close friends and families and they're giving it and they're talking about their encounters of what they've you know, experienced as children or as, you know, yeah, you know, early teens, children and stuff like that. And obviously this all goes to what you believe in. I mean, 
I, I thought they were all like paranormal ones, but then I learned that some are actually just horrific stories that these kids went through when they were kids and stuff. So I'm going to talk about two of them really quickly. So the first one was about this guy that uh, this kid and, and the one thing I've the premise I've noticed in a lot of these is they've all grown up with like shitty families. And so it's like, again, everything goes into what you believe in. I am one that believes in supernatural stuff and whatnot. So to me, this stuff is very interesting and I enjoy it. And then I know there's people out there that don't believe in that kind of stuff at all. So to them, they would just be silly or you think they're lying. But nonetheless, it's still reenactment. So it's still a little bit spooky. But there was one where this kid was, uh, you know, he's they moved with his mom and dad to an apartment. And uh, I mean, regardless, nonetheless, of what you believe in these, it's real trauma, nonetheless. And this kid was uh, in his room and then would claim that every night he would see a woman hanging in his closet or something like that. And then, you know, it, it got to the point where he would see it every night and hear it every night. And she like and, you know it got to the point where he couldn't sleep and this went on for about six years. And then he eventually moved out of his house with his family and ended up, uh, he was out riding his bike one night and he hadn't, you know, seen this, the, the image in a while. And then as he was riding his bike, he saw her in like, kind of in like the, the distance, like while he was riding his bike with his friend and it distracted him because he hadn't seen her in a while. And he ended up getting hit by a car. So then it turns into this whole thing where it's like, okay, is it like, you know, now it's becoming like some almost final destination stuff. Like, is this person actually trying to kill him or something? And then it was like, he went into the house or his uh, friend went into the house with him and told his mom, like, Hey mom, mom, like this guy's uh, like my buddy, you know, he need, we need to go to the hospital. I guess the mom was just like staring blankly. And then apparently turned around and said something along the lines to the kid of like, you should be dead. You should be dead. So then all of a sudden it's kind of like, okay, what's going on here? But it's like I said, it's real trauma. Nonetheless, whether they really are seeing what they claim they're seeing or whether it is, you know, psychological stuff, whatever it may be, but regardless, it's real and what it does to you psychologically and then physically because of the psychological effects. And, you know, he then admits to them that like, he still is seeing it and he thinks it really is just like, that he's meant to like kind of die and something like that. And he just keeps cheating death. And then that eventually it's going to get him. So it's kind of like, Oh shit, like kind of crazy. But then another episode I watched worth noting was this, this is true. This is a, uh, these two girls that lived with their mom and dad in like, what looks like, I think it was like rural Texas actually, or something like that. Like, but the dad was uh, like, they lived it was basically like if Texas chainsaw was like a real, like, I mean, I guess it was a real thing, but I mean, in that type of area where West Texas is real. Yeah. You don't have neighbors for miles and you, especially back here in like, this probably would have taken place in the seventies or something when you can get away with almost anything. And basically the dad was a psychopath and would basically, uh, was, would abuse the two daughters who were like eight years old or whatever. And like the, it was one of those things, you know, where you see in the movies where the mom just can't do anything about it. So she just looks away, you know, type stuff like that. And, he would lure in what people from like bars, like, you know, guys, girls, didn't matter what it was like, even at the same time, and then would eventually like kill them there and like bury them, like hide them in the basement or whatever. And then he ended up like doing like, you know, satanic rituals and shit like that. And then eventually, you know, he eventually died, but then, you know, 
uh, the grandchild moved in and he even said like when he was a kid and grandpa would watch him like they had like this some sort of animal hanging upside down and he would tell him to like just keep repeatedly stabbing it and stuff and he's like t- explaining to him that it's okay to kill things and shit like that and just a nut job of a human being and he eventually died but he did practice like satanic stuff and whatnot and ended up uh you know they claimed then afterwards that when the guy was in the house that you know he would start to hear things or see things but whatever and that uh, first off why they continue to live in that house is beyond me and then even the other sister was like you guys need to burn that house down and then the one sister's like no because if we do it's still not going to stop and it's like okay this seems like an issue but regardless though it is kind of crazy to think like if you lived in that time period in a place that was so far away from stuff that if you did bring somebody back and you killed them it's like who was gonna know before cameras before cell phones before you know what i mean you're out in the middle of nowhere and there were and of course they're always just like these massive drunks or whatever they are these old guys it's like your typical if you were to see the reenactment it's like your typical looking skinny guy in overalls that looks like a dickhead but yeah so that's that's what i was kind of watching if anything all right um I'll do mine quickly, then Andy, you can close us out. I watched Netflix as well, Murder Mystery 2. Um, I didn't remember watching the first one, but I know I have seen it. Uh, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. And uh, yeah, this does not have your typical Adam Sandler crew. It has your typical vacation uh, for an Adam Sandler movie. But uh no familiar faces from his uh, group of people. It's fun. It has its moments. It's it's uh, enjoyable. It, it's pretty quick. It's an uh, hour 30 on the nose. And, yeah, it's uh, them trying to clear their names because people are trying to put the frame on them about uh, some stuff that's going on in this one. And uh, it may or may not be a murder. I don't want to give anything away. The title has murder in it, yeah. just so you know. Yeah, Mark Strong in here, uh, Melanie Laurent of uh, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. For. And uh, yeah, again, it's it's fun enough. Um, check it out, Netflix. Just yeah, I saw it also a month or so. Ago. It had its moments. So yeah, when they make the third one. It should be like Spade and Rob Schneider and mm-hmm. and um, Tim Meadows. Yeah, second Tim yeah. Meadows reference. Check it out. All right, Andy, take us home. All right. So um, this next one's actually a two different things, but also the same thing. Uh, I watched a movie called Dead Ringers from 1988, David Cronenberg movie. Um, I've been trying to watch all the David Cronenberg movies. He's, he's a very interesting film director. He's been doing it for almost 50 years. Um, this one has been on my list, so I finally got around to watching it. Uh, it stars Jeremy Irons and Jeremy Irons as uh, twin gynecologists. <laughs> um, different personalities, but equally creepy. Um, their whole thing is um, one of them is kind of social and outgoing. The other is more um, the like research type. And um, yeah, they kind of run a scam where the social one seduces women and then says let's do a second date and he sends the brother who's the non-social one uh out and um yeah one of them doesn't go well and 
kind of leads them down a, a, a bad road. So they're they're two very highly su- successful, respected people, but uh, does not go great for them. And it's just a great performance from Jeremy Irons playing these two characters that do feel like two different people, even though they're just it's still him and it's an identical twins. Um, but yeah, the reason I ended up watching this finally after it being on my list for a while is that uh, Dead Ringers, the Amazon Prime series, came out this week. Uh, so this is uh, the same premise. So like 30 years later, Amazon made a, a streaming series. Uh, the the twist on this is that it's uh, Rachel Weiss playing the two twins. So, uh, you know, a, a gender flip here. Um and how would that work differently? It's a little different, but it's uh, still very good. She's she's excellent. She's, it's the same premise of, okay, they're twins, but they're different characters. They have different personalities. Um, and by being a series, you can kind of flesh it out a bit. Um, and anytime you get one of these like mini series where you know it's a, a you know six or eight episodes, I'm always wondering why is this not a movie and do they justify it being a show? And uh, I've watched three out of the six episodes, and I'd say yes, that they do a good job of making it uh, episodic rather than just, like, one really long movie because that's never that interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. That's on it's on Amazon, new series from them, Dead Ringer. So if you come across that, it is based on an 80s movie that um, is on HBO if you want to check that out as well. Good. All right, so you had one more then? Yeah, the last thing uh, I watched on Netflix, uh, Baby J, the new comedy special from John Mulaney. So um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the, the, the John Mulaney news, but he's had a eventful last couple years. Uh, been in the tabloids a lot. He got divorced. He um, had an affair with Olivia Munn and eventually having a child. Um, but the big thing is Wait, he, he had a child with Olivia Munn. Mm-hmm. Was this part of when she was with Jason Sudeikis and stuff? I think that's a different person. That was Olivia Wilde. Oh shit, that was Olivia Wilde. Wow, no, that no, I know Olivia that. Munn was with. No, I know Aaron who Olivia Munn is. Okay, uh, wow. Well. Well, never um, mind. But it was a big like tabloid thing because he had been with his wife for like ten years or something. Just like what happened, they they seemed good together. Um, but what happened is John Mulaney was a huge, massive drug addict. Um, and people didn't really know because his his image, of course, is this nice guy, little guy, uh, just like, oh, he's, he seems cool and nice and funny. Uh, but he was addicted to all kinds of pills and cocaine and everything. And so this special is a lot about that. Just kind of uh, talking about his life. It's a very it's a very real. I mean, it's still funny, um, but it's not based on. The same kinds of jokes he's done before. Um, but yeah, I think I thought it was effective. Um, he's telling stories about his, his intervention, and he had he had a good line about like you know a lot of the, a lot of the people in the intervention are like comedy people, and he's like, I was in a room and Fred Armisen was being very sincere and serious to me, and that is the creepiest thing in the entire world. And he's doing no jokes, he's just being a normal person, and I didn't think he was capable of doing it, and it's like that's when I knew I fucked up. Is as if <laughs> Fred Armisen can't isn't doing any jokes to me. It's like. Yeah, that is interesting. Interesting, but um, yeah, that, I think I came out just this last. Uh, so when did that happen? When was he in like an intervention with these fellow comedians? He said it was Dece- December eighteenth, twenty twenty. I remember he, that was oh. the date he was saying. So, so like well. a week before. So is he like completely sober now, or 
Yeah. So what's interesting is he was, he had talked about it before. He was, um, like a big alcoholic. I was gonna say, I thought I've heard that college. before that he liked to drink. Um, but like, so he talked about it in his comedy before of like, well, I'm sober. I don't do anything. Um, but so eventually at some point, I don't know, 2015, 2016, sometime around there, he just started using like real drugs and you know, it spirals. Mm-hmm. All right. Pretty good. Um, anything else to add? I don't think well, so. You've been listening to episode 322 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Yes, Tony thank you. Gets. Yes, thank you. Tell a friend. <laughs> <laughs>